so many obstacles. So many obstacles. Getting in the way. Getting in the way. So many obstacles in the way. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a bold new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. We have our second episode of the week, and it could be just the best one yet. We had a Hall of Fame podcast yesterday on Monday's show. We're putting it up in the Pewter Report ring of honor because we were joined by Bucks left tackle Donovan Smith. So that was an awesome show. We will try to top it again today. And Scott, I'm very confident that we will. I'm your host, Matt Matera, and as I just mentioned, joined with me is SR Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are you doing on this Tuesday? Uh, I'm doing good, Matt. Uh, apologize not having a great hair day. Just got back from well, the gym. Well, good. it's not a, up to my standards, but um, I'm going to make up for it by delivering with you the best Peter Report podcast ever. So if you're tuning in, you're one of the lucky ones to hear this and view this podcast. So that's That's pretty good. Yet the other thing that's good is I had a great workout. Uh, towed off. It didn't take a shower, but I towed off about half an hour ago. Um, uh, the, the Celsius heat. I don't have a can because I threw it away, but Celsius heat. JC was rocking one of those the other day. And it's the, the creamsicle uh, flavor uh, was what powered my workout today. And that's that's what energizes the show, folks, is Celsius. If you haven't had a chance to try Celsius, you know, we're not going to hold it against you. Maybe you're new. Maybe this is your first Peter Report podcast. You haven't heard us uh, talk about Celsius on the regular. Yeah. Well, the reason why we talk about them on the regular is they're the title sponsor of the Peter Report podcast. And, folks, they give us the energy not just for this particular show, but uh, when you need a, a pick-me-up in the morning, it can replace coffee. If you need an afternoon pick-me-up at work, if you need a pre-workout drink, Celsius is the go-to folks what are you rocking there today matt i got the sparkling cucumber lime quickly rising up the ranks yeah. a very very nice taste a little bit different obviously celsius has a lot of um fruit flavors you know whether yes. it's the the sparkling a watermelon or the kiwi guava obviously a lot of the tropical vibes as well but the important thing with celsius that you should know is it has seven essential vitamins um, it gives you that, that energy you need to get through your day. If you're doing a workout like Scott is, if you, you know, have a busy work day and you gotta, you gotta keep the synapses buzzing, uh, the whole entire time, uh, Celsius is there for you, uh, with that essential energy and there's no crash after that's right. Uh, that's the big no thing sugar. with energy drinks, no, no sugar. sugar. That's okay. why you're not crashing. Cause there's no sugar. Um, so make sure you go to Amazon and you can, uh, order shipments there. Save me, save $5. Um, and you set up when you want to. Um, you want to have them sent to your house. You can set it That's up right. every two weeks, three weeks, whatever you want. Celsius there for you. Um, or go to Celsius.com, hit the store locator because they are all over the place. Tons of different flavors yeah. and the essential energy that you need. So shout out Matt, to Celsius for being the sponsor. Yeah, Matt, I, yes, I ordered a bunch of Celsius during Amazon Prime Deal days. And yeah. I'm like literally getting a, a shipment, like a box every day of Celsius. I, I ordered like like close to $200 for the Celsius. I'm like well stocked. But yes, the cucumber lime, which is what Matt's rocking. You've seen me probably yep. rock the, the cola flavor. They're great change-ups if you don't like the fruit flavors. So we're going to do a little bit of a change-up today on the, the Peter Report podcast. We're going to be talking about the Bucks' biggest obstacles right now. Yes. Um, the, the easy thing is we could say injuries, right? Because that's, you know, that's what kind of befell the Buccaneers last year to a degree. Um, you know, they still went 13 and four, Matt, <laughs> despite <laughs> having a, a revolving door, a carousel, if you will, in the secondary, mostly at the cornerback position. Their safeties, whether it's Mike Edwards' suspension, whether it's Antoine Winfield, you know, missing some time. Uh, the secondary was was really hit hard. And, of course, we saw at the end of the season, not just Tristan Wirfs, but also Josh Wells at the right tackle spot were banged up for that Rams game and and, and the Eagles game as well. And and, and Ryan Jensen playing with a, a hip flexor issue, yeah. hip flexor for a good deal. Uh, so, yes, the injuries are are a factor that they they uh, they can mess with the team season. The Bucks went eight and two at home. But my, here's right. my point, and I'll let you uh, get to it as well. The thing with the injuries is, if you look at the the Bucks two Super Bowl seasons in 2020, 
the only starter that was out with a season-ending injury or out for that game, uh, mind you, was right guard Alex Kappa. And Aaron yep. Stinney filled in quite well. And then you could say, well, you know, O.J. Howard was another contributor. He was a, you know, maybe two slash three on the depth chart, having a good year that year. But Rob Gronkowski was clear one, and O.J. and or Cambray was the two. But, I mean, that was it. And go back to 2002 for you old-timers, Booker McFarlane, the nose tackle, the yep. only starter on IR. So th- that's that's the recipe for success. But the problem, Matt, is the Bucks can't control the injuries. They either happen or they don't. Right. And that's kind of the point I want to make as we get into this show is as as we talked about the the, the title of this episode is the Bucks biggest obstacles. And yes, injuries are an obvious one, but that's not specific to the Bucks. That goes for every team around the NFL. Right. If a majority of your starters or your key top notch top level players are injured, you're screwed. All right. Yeah. There, there's no you know, there's right. no two ways about it. So injuries. That, that affects every single team. For the Bucs specifically, we're talking about things that are really going to impact the 2022-2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers and, and see what happens with them. And I think, at least for some of the, the things that come to mind for me, for the Bucs specifically, I think a lot of it comes down to, you'll see a running theme of there is a reliance on certain players to develop and a reliance on certain positions to really step up yeah. And if if everything goes to plan, the Bucks will be fine. But if a couple of these positions that we'll talk about today, if they don't live up to what we expect them to do, then the sink the the ship could sink a, a little bit in, in that factor. I think just starting off yeah. here, obviously we had Donovan Smith on the show yeah. yesterday, so offensive line has has been on my mind. One of the biggest storylines going into training camp and we'll talk about this a little bit more next week cuz training camp is coming up. Yeah, very right. excited. Uh, the left guard position. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a very exciting competition with with Aaron Stinney and uh, Luke Gedeke yep. and um, Nick Leverett and Robert Hainsey. One of those players, or maybe someone else, um, could end up winning that uh, starting left guard job. Someone's going to have to. They're not gonna, right. just going to not have a, a, a left guard there. But, you know, if, if Gedeke, for example, if he wins that position – you know, the Bucks struck gold a couple seasons ago when Tristan Wirfs, they drafted him in the first first round, obviously a little bit different with Gedeke. But, you know, they got a little bit lucky. Obviously, they did their due diligence, and it was a great draft pick getting Tristan Wirfs, hopefully future Bucks Ring of Honor member and uh, pro football Hall of Famer. But for Gedeke, again, you can't expect him, if he's going to win the starting job, to go and just become – the next Tristan Wirfs, but at right. left guard. Like you're putting a lot of eggs in that basket of trusting a rookie that's never played there before. Aaron Stinney, I think we'll all say is, is the leader in the clubhouse there. Yeah. Stinney, obviously very formidable in the uh, the postseason run when the Bucks won the Super Bowl. And he's had playing time. He, he's been plugged into situations when other offensive linemen get hurt. But he's never really played an entire 17-game season going into the playoffs. Yeah, he took close. over when right. Kappa got later into the season. So that could be another effect. And the offensive line, they always say you're always as strong as your weakest link. And obviously, right. this team is talented. This roster is very talented. And the offensive line, I think we're expecting even bigger things than what we saw from last year. And it's already yeah. a really good offensive line. But if that left guard position struggles going right. into this season with some of the opponents that they face, it's going to limit the Bucks running the ball, which obviously they want to improve on this year. And yeah. if they can't run the ball... I understand they like to go vertical as it is in the offense that Byron Leftwich likes to call, but the right. Bucks can't become predictable. I think sure. that's the big thing. And that's kind of a little bit of the issue well, that Byron yeah. Leftwich yeah. has gotten into before is people, including ourselves, have shaken our fist and hit the table being like, stop running these first down runs right, right. up the middle. Yeah. Pass it on first down. Or, I don't know, run a sweep. Like, do something a little bit different. Right. So I think – the, the lack of play at the left guard, and this is an if, like they could be all good, all set, yeah. good to go. But if that position in particular, if it doesn't pan out with this competition, mm-hmm. um, it really could be a detriment to the Bucs yeah. for their ultimate goal of winning the Super Bowl. I think they could still get by, make the playoffs. We're talking about winning another right. Super Bowl. And Matt, I think you're spot on at a couple points here. The first one I'll point out is you mentioned the vertical passing game. Okay, so yeah, there, there's there's some smoke routes, wide receiver screens involved in the Bucks passing game. We see that, right? Yes. But 
this is Bruce Arians slash Byron Lethwich slash Tom Brady's offense, and they want to take the deep shots when they're there. And there's they put in the game plan, deep shots, right, uh, all throughout the game plan, and, and they, they want to take him and be opportunistic there. That requires time in the pocket. Yes. And you've got to hold up in pass protection, right? So, so you're spot on there with your analysis about the vertical passing game. The other good point you made is, and, and I, I want to just kind of explain to fans, they sit there and say, and you and I probably feel the same way. Well, holy smokes, man, between, between Aaron Stinney and, and uh, Luke Gedeke and Robert Hainsey and maybe Nick Leverett, I mean, holy smokes, they got three or four guys there that, you know, that they can probably play. I'm sure they'll find one, right? The odds are in their favor that they're going to find one guy. Yeah. Here's where, where that can unravel. Right, you start maybe with Aaron Stinney. If Gedeke or Hainsey, who don't have any real playing time, I think Hainsey played thirty some snaps, mostly at center last year in very spot duty in games the Buccaneers had already won. So he got some garbage time reps. Mm-hmm. If and remember, Hainsey also missed all of the preseason outside of the last game. Yes. Right? So in terms of you know actual. You know, bullets flying in you know in games, he hasn't played a whole bunch. Gedeke is a rookie, hasn't played any. So if Stinney goes out there and struggles, let's say he wins the starting job but struggles, right? So now they're gonna turn the page on Stinney and and they're going to you know go with, with either Gedeke or Hansey or maybe Nick Leverett, one of the one of those three guys. Uh, if if that person doesn't come up and, and none of those guys have a lot of experience. So yeah. So Stinney's got the experience, but maybe physically, athletically, he's not the guy. Well, you put the other guys in, and listen, Gedeke, I think, is ultimately going to be the guy. I think you and I would agree with that. At some point in time, this year, next year, the plan is for him to replace Sally Marpet. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is, if an experience shows up, and these guys are missing blocks, missing some you know assignments, some assignments, yeah. et cetera, especially with twists and stunts, and Tom Brady's getting hit up the middle, okay, then all of a sudden you're going to see a revolving door at left guard trying to find the guy. It's going to be like whack-a-ball, right? Like, yeah. like you know, like uh, musical chairs. Dun- and not dun- the dun- fun dun- not the not the fun kind of whack-a-mole and, yeah. uh, and and musical chairs, you know. Yeah. The, the, that's the type of game you don't want to get into. In exactly. So th- that's th- that's where this thing could fall apart. Now, I think that these guys have the talent and we certainly know that between Harold Goodwin and Joe Gilbert, they have the coaching. The problem is this is not the Matrix. This is not Neo. You can't just <laughs> stick a little plug in the back of their head and download everything and have them go out there and, you know, do all the little flying kicks and whatnot, right? And, yeah. and have, you know, bullets uh, have and things like Mr. That, yeah. Anderson, you know, be Neo, <laughs> right? So yeah. so I, I think this is where it could unravel. I, I think they've got enough bodies there that they're going to find one, but that's how it could unravel. And I think that that's the biggest issue because that's up front and it involves the running game up front and the pass protection for Brady, as you mentioned. Yeah. It's a little bit of a a domino effect where sure it might immediately impact the run, but of course it affects Tom Brady and Brady, of course, I think has helped this offensive line since he's gotten here with the way that he gets rid of the ball quickly and just, the fact that he can read and read a defense and almost immediately be like, okay, I'm going to the slot receiver on this play or, or whatever yeah. it may be. So he obviously helps the offensive line um, in that stature. And I'm not overly concerned about the offensive line. I just want to make that clear to uh, the readers and viewers and listeners that um, this is just like worst case scenario. What if this doesn't happen? Cause I don't think we could just all across the board, every position expect like 100, percent a plus you know play throughout it but let me ask you this scott because i think we talked a lot about the the run game here um the ideas of offenses in general it obviously Mm -hmm. through analytics and the way the game has evolved and the way that the rules have been structured uh, there's no denying it's much more of a passing game than it was even five years ago ten years ago um and there's different degrees of thoughts when it comes to the run game itself the John Ledyards and the Paul Atwalls of the world yeah. would be totally fine if no team ever ran the football 
ever again entirely. Yes. And, and really, <laughs> the running back position was abolished and just outlawed. Yes, yeah, it becomes like obsolete, the, like the like the home yeah. telephone. No one needs yeah. a home telephone anymore. Everyone's right. got a cell phone, which is a wrong approach, by the way. <laughs> but you know, they're um, not they're not here to defend themselves. Yeah, I think the other side of it, and I think you fall on this a little bit more. And I'll, I'll just I'll just speak for myself. I don't think the running game is as important as it once was, but I still no. think there is room for it in today's NFL. And I think sometimes too, you see it from time to time it's each season, a team will just go on a run where they rack off like two or three first downs, just running the ball. Right. And I think there's really something positive to be said about just manhandling the other team where they know, and you know that they know yeah. that they're just going to keep running the ball and there's nothing that you can do. You yeah. can't stop it. One of the things that it's, really sticks yeah. out to me was, it, well, two things. I mean, if you look at that, that, Bucks Jets game early, mm -hmm. especially in that first half, the Jets were doing that to the Bucks, and it was right. like almost embarrassing. But the other game oh, yeah. that really sticks out to me, it's not even a Bucks game. It was Patriots Bills. It was a primetime game. Right. So it was either Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. But it was that game in Buffalo. It was Sunday where, night, yeah. Yeah, where it was extremely windy. The yeah. Patriots attempted one pass. The Bills passed a little bit more because Josh Allen has that rocking arm. But the Patriots right. won that game running the ball time yeah, after time after time. And I enjoyed that. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I don't sure. know, you know, some of the younger fans may not, but I, right. I just think it, it brings a little bit of old school well, football that is necessary to teams. Yeah, and and the thing is, Matt is is it's hard to throw the ball in the wind. It just is. Right? <laughs> well, you yeah, can have, you have a rocket arm. The ball's going to sail, or it's going to, you know, if you're throwing into the wind and you're trying to throw, you know, a, a deep forty yard pass, you know, or like a, even a thirty yard deep out, and you don't put enough oomph behind it, ends up being twenty yards. It's underthrown. And now it's a pick six. And, and so, yeah, uh, especially as it gets deeper into the season or if you have inclement weather early in the season, right? I mean, it, we've seen that here in Tampa sometimes. It's still the thunderstorm yep. season in, in the month of September and sometimes October. So, yeah, that's a very valid point. And, and I, you know, I, I think that with, with the running game, it, it's still demoralizing to not be able to stop the run. The easiest Great thing word. to do – in the NFL is to turn around and hand the ball off. And when it's working and you can't stop it, uh, it's game over because, yep. because the attrition kicks in, you get physically worn down, you can't rush the passer. And I think, I think that's the thing too, is, is, you know, when you look at, at running the ball and we'll stick on this for a second, because, you know, it, it's, you've hit a, a hot spot with me here talking about the running game <laughs> is against the Rams. Right, the Bucks could not run the ball against the Rams either time. They, I think, Fournette had two touchdowns. He ran for fifty yards, but they ran for I think what thirty yards in the first game, and and Brady and back in week three had thirteen of those yards. Yeah, leading that's right. So the problem is, is when you when you can't run the ball when you want to run the ball then you're playing into a team like the Rams where they've got a guy like Jalen Ramsey who can pick up passes and they've got guys that can get to the quarterback, Von Miller last year, uh, Aaron Donald and, and uh, Leonard Floyd. Then, then you get a tee off situation where they just, just pin their ears back and they keep coming. But if you can establish the run, what you're doing is, is if you can establish it early, you're wearing down, the pass rushers. The, the easiest thing for a defensive lineman to do is, ru is rush the passer, is to get a one-on-one, -on -one, beat their guy, go upfield and do that. Because in pass protection, the offensive linemen are essentially going backwards. They're creating a pocket. So the defensive linemen have the momentum when you're rushing the passer. That's just physics. But when you're talking about the running game, now all of a sudden you're trying to run forward and the offensive lineman in front of you is running forward, and now you have a collision. And if you're getting double teams and pass protection, that's one thing. It doesn't burn as much energy as it does when you're trying to anchor your gap and you got a center guard combo on you, and your ass is getting kicked and moved out of the hole, right? And you're getting planted yeah. on the ground. That burns energy. And listen, uh, Simeon Rice is, is the most athletic player in the NFL I've ever covered. But aside from him, and even he got tired on occasion, aside <laughs> from him, a, a game is like a tank of gas. You start off at F, and by the end of the game, you're close to E in terms of energy, in terms of your fuel. 
So if you want to be able to rush the passer in the fourth quarter and you got to deal with the running game all three quarters, you're not going to have as much in the tank. But if you can't run the ball and you've been rushing the passer for all four quarters like the Rams did, you know, game over. And I think that's where the Buccaneers have got to be able to run the ball when they want to. And I think that's an obstacle they have to overcome as well. Yeah, I think that became a little bit of an issue. Again, the Bucs are a very talented team, so to a degree we're nitpicking here slightly. But, I, I, for example, I look at that game against the Bills that the Bucs won in overtime. But remember, they had yeah. a huge lead. Right. And it, they, the game should have never went to overtime, the, the, the way that the that the Bucs were playing in that first half. And, right. you know, Bruce Aarons has said before, and, of, of course, um, this is Todd Bowles' team now, but Bruce always said, like, we want to pass early, build a lead, and then we want to run the, goal, the ball, sustain yeah. the clock, and Sounds go and win the game. And the Bucs didn't necessarily do that. Uh, there's another good point from Charlie. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about the Packers. He said the fact that the Packers can't run the ball in January is their biggest downfall That's year after fact. year. That's a fact. And also, listen, in a perfect world, Bucks get the number one seed. Super Bowl goes through Tampa. But right. as we saw when the Bucks mm-hmm. won the Super Bowl, they had to go to Green Bay in uh, you know in January when right. it's really cold there. The weather, the elements, is a huge part of it. Where in those type of games, physicality matters a little bit more than yeah, finesse and, and strategy and everything along those lines. So I think it's very apparent that the Bucks have to. Uh, run the ball uh, efficiently this year. They don't have to do yeah. it all the time. It doesn't have to be 50-50. Um, that's, uh, that, that's a way of the past. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have to have extreme balance, but you have right. to be effective when you decide to do that. I, I want to stick on the, the opponents this year because I think another yeah. fun thing about this overall topic is that it's all-encompassing. We'll talk mm-hmm. about specific players. We'll talk about specific positions, as, as we just did right. with the offensive line. But another thing that could really affect the Bucs and impact them are multiple teams, but two in particular that have been a thorn in the Bucs side. And of course, that's the Rams, as you were just talking about, and the New Orleans Saints. And I also think on top of that, another really important thing is just that first month of the schedule where they play yeah. the Cowboys, the Saints, uh, the Chiefs, and the Packers. Chiefs, tough opponent in the AFC. But right. again, because there's only one seed, Tiebreaker is going to be decided potentially yeah. in that first month. You know, right. Dallas obviously lost some players and, and the Packers lost or they, they no longer have Devontae Adams. Still difficult opponents where you want to make sure you have that tiebreaker right away. Yeah. And of course, they play the Rams later in the season. And I thought well, and, and, and yeah, that last year, Matt, last year, I mean, you know, they they lucked out on the yes. tiebreaker because the 49ers went into L.A. and beat the Rams. <laughs> right. I mean, nobody expected yeah. that. The Bucks are watching that game in their locker room and the the 49ers prevail with the upset all of a sudden the buccaneers have the number two seat right over the rams yeah and and so i i agree with you i i think that one of the things this, this stuck out to me was was if you go back to 2019 and bruce arian's first season in tampa mm. they didn't get off to a great start they put themselves in position to make a playoff run late in the year and they were seven and seven at one point they lost their last couple games because Jameis Winston just was way too generous with the ball. He was already in the holiday spirit. Giving Season of giving. Yeah. yeah, right? <laughs> Season of giving. And, and the Bucks just didn't have enough weapons because of injuries, hamstring injuries to Godwin, uh, Miller, and Evans. But what he said was, was we shouldn't have been in this position where we're fighting and clawing to get in the playoffs in December. Your playoff run starts in September. you got to win early. It's so much easier to get an early lead and keep it than it is to try to dig yourself out of a hole and then catch up at the end of the season. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to that point, well, it's a little bit different, but uh, a player that was on that team was Donovan Smith, who obviously was on our show yesterday. And he really had a great point. This is more specifically talking about the Rams and the Saints, who the Bucks mm-hmm. have had a lot of trouble beating, but he essentially said, and I would recommend to everyone to check out yesterday's show if you haven't yet. Yeah, great where show. he said that they, it's not even the opponent that they're playing. It's mm-hmm. it just happened to be the Saints and the Rams, but they kind of look at these teams and they get in their own head. And yeah. we said it. This is before Brady got here, but for the longest time, and even early with Brady, not specifically him, but the team, we've always we've long said, even with Jameis, that. 
a lot of the times it's just the Bucks beating the Bucks. It's not even yeah. the fact that the other team had a better game plan. And sometimes right. that was the case with the Rams, but for the most of the time, like the Bucks are so talented, yeah. it just came down to those turnovers and getting in their own heads. Right. And that's continued even with Tom Brady. That's continued specifically with the Rams and the Saints for whatever reason it may be. And I'll be honest, Scott, like that first game against the Saints or yeah. the first time they go to New Orleans, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to pick the Saints against the Bucks. Yeah. Because Show I'm, me you can beat them. I'm Show done. me you can beat them before I'm going to gonna pick I'm, you. I'm done just saying, well, yeah. you know, it's Tom Brady and he's the greatest of all time. Right. And, you know, they he's, got Brady's number a, that one time. He'll yeah. figure it out. He'll, yeah, he'll He's he's 0-4 against yeah. the Saints in Tampa. <laughs> So, oh yeah, zero and four, and yeah. I mean, one and five. They won the big one. Yeah, we have won to the one. in the regular slaver. season. He, yes. he hasn't, he hasn't won. Exactly. You're you're right, Matt. And and you know, and and yet, and to kind of dovetail on your point there, and it hasn't really bit him. It hasn't cost him yet. They have lucked out. Yeah. When it comes to uh, the chump teams, and and listen, I I don't want to disparage teams. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to disparage some teams, do it up. <laughs> but, but the thing is, is I know in the NFL and, and you can talk to Donovan Smith, you can talk to, to D Delaney, who's actually going to be on the podcast tomorrow. That's right. D Delaney bucks, cornerback OTA star, star of training camp last year, actually got a couple starts last year in his first season in the NFL, because there was all these injuries in cornerback, right? So well, D Delaney on to talk about, uh, that and other topics, but but the point I was going to mention is is uh, there, there's always a couple of games, right? And you go back to 2020; it was the Bears game, mm-hmm. losing against teams that you have no business losing to. And last year was the Washington Football Team, right? That was a, a, an ugly loss. Uh, you know, Matt they 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 pulled out the Jets game by the skin of their teeth. You and I actually had a chance to meet Robert Sala, the, the Giants. I'm sorry, the Jets coach at the NFL owners meeting and great guy, like awesome guy. I mean, I think you feel better being a Jets fan now, right? That you, <laughs> you've met such a, a good guy. He's a good dude. Like very nice guy. Very yeah. gracious with this time at an event yeah, where there are talking to like, us. Yeah. The cream of the crop of people that right. are in the NFL that are there. Yeah. We spoke with them for, we don't even cover the Jets. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know that's the yeah. thing is like, I was like, hey, we, we actually we covered the Buccaneers, not the Jets. I mean, you're giving out a lot of this time, but but the thing is, is he even said he's like, he said we should have beat you guys, right? And and yeah. like, yeah, I mean, up until what 28 seconds left, the QB yeah, sneak, I mean, the QB sneak by Zach yeah. Wilson changed everything because I mean, why on earth they QB sneaked it on fourth and essentially two? It was yeah. fourth and one, but it was like a very long one. Yeah, yeah the, the Jets bailed out the Bucs in that game. Yeah. It and, could and, be a very different story. Right. And and so there's always that game, the Washington football team lost last year. And, you know, it, and, and, and again, the reason why I'm bringing this up now is because you mentioned that the Saints as one of those teams that just, you know, has the Bucks number. I mean, holy smokes, man, they lost to the Saints nine to nothing at home. The Bucks ran the ball in that game. They couldn't get a turnover, I don't think, to save their life. Uh, Brady lost pretty much all of his weapons in that in that game. Yeah. It, it was it was just it was a massacre. And and uh, Taysom Hill was was the quarterback, and they, they didn't even have Jameis. It was it, it was a fluky game, but the thing is, is they lost. I, they lost a game they had no business losing, and I think that for the Buccaneers, again, it hasn't bit them yet because they won the Super Bowl in 2020 despite losing to the Bears. They ended up uh, going 13 and four last year, including eight and two, despite. Losing to the a really bad Saints team, nine nothing, and that Washington football team loss. But at some point in time, you know, I, I you lose to the Rams, okay, right? You lose to the Packers or or the Chiefs. I mean, you know, shake hands. Hey, you got the yep. best of us. You yep. got it, right? But man, you can't lose to the chump teams on the schedule. Not that there's many this year, but like for example, you can't go over to Germany and and lose to the Seahawks. Yeah, you absolutely cannot have that. And it's weird because you mentioned that Bears. And by, game, and by God, you know. better beat the Falcons twice and the Panthers yeah. twice too. Absolutely. Yeah, there are no excuses for that. I don't give a crap. <laughs> yeah. I almost said a worse word there. But um, I don't care if it's Baker, if it's Sam Darnold, whoever the hell it is. Like, yeah, you have to sweep those four games between uh, between those two opponents. And, you know, you mentioned that Bears game from two years ago. You mentioned yeah. – uh, the loss that they had to Washington. 
in a weird way, it it almost felt like those two losses like kind of woke them up after mm-hmm. that. Maybe not necessarily the Bears one because they right. they went on that uh, losing streak a little bit later when they lost to the Chiefs and, and teams like that. But again, like Chiefs, tougher opponent. It's almost like taking smelling salts. It's like they yeah. lose that game to the team that they shouldn't lose to. Right. And then they're like, oh, okay, got to focus, like yeah. ready to go. They no, should already be, they should already be ahead of that. Like they yeah. should already know, okay, yes, we can beat this team, but you can't slack off. You can't, you know, right. take a break in, in preparation for this week. It's you know, and, and we talk about trap games, NFL, yeah. same thing. You're right. And especially this year. I mean, this schedule is stacked, right? Like like hardly any breaks. Yeah, they're they're not gonna go undefeated, right? I mean, that's that's a given given the schedule. And and you're going to take some some losses. You're going to lose to some good teams, right? That's just the NFL. There's parity, et cetera. The Bucks, again, best record in franchise history was still 13 and four. They lost four games, right? So they're they're going to lose some games, but you got to lose against quality opponents. You can't you can't roll into to Carolina or Atlanta or you know I, I don't think Cleveland's going to be that good for some reason or like Pittsburgh, for example. That Mitch Trubisky, a quarterback, yeah. you, you can't go in and, and, and stub your toe against those those type of teams. That's one thing I I hope Todd Bowles can can really rid this team of is some of those ugly losses, like that Bears game in 2020 in the Washington football uh, team loss last year. Yeah, you can win ugly. Or, I guess, I, sorry, I guess they're the commodes now. Yes, the, Washington the, the commodes, the Commodores, uh, yeah. whatever whatever they are. Um, for the most part this season, the Bucks will be the favorite maybe against the Rams or one of those other teams. They, they could be the underdog. And and speaking of underdog, uh, the best place to go and and draft your teams Mm -hmm. is at underdog fantasy guys start drafting your teams. You got best ball mania three going on right now. Uh, You could start setting up your leagues with your other uh, friends or family. They have smaller buy-ins as well in, uh, in other leagues and and tournaments. And the pick is very fun too. Um, underdog fantasy is the easiest way to uh, get some action uh, in the NFL uh, with with putting some wagers uh, on games. Just pick an over under on your favorite or at least favorite player stats, and you can win up to twenty times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players to fill out your pick'em slip, get every pick right, and take home some cold hard cash. Use the code pewter and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 by underdog. There's of course the best ball mania three, but of course football season is around the corner. They got other things going on right now. Uh, You could bet on golf. They got the pup cup going on and uh, that closes on August 8th. So you still got a little bit of time there. You pick a PGA best ball draft tournament for the FedEx cup. FedEx cup is a a very fun tournament in the PGA where the winner gets uh, a boatload of cash. It's over a million dollars. It's a $5 entry and a hundred thousand dollar in total prizes. And first place gets 75,000. There's also um, the, what do you call it? The puppy too. So a little bit different Mm -hmm. than, uh, than the best ball mania, the the puppy, obviously a little play on uh, underdog. That is uh, a tournament style thing where you can pick your team. And the cool thing is you could do uh 12-person groups, 18. Um, there's 115 as well. And, it, again, tournament style, so there's four different rounds. The fun thing, though, is you can decide to pick either a fast draft or a slow draft. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a roster, you just kind of want to, like, get it going, get it yep. moving, pick that fast draft. You can go and get it done, you know, quicker than your typical fantasy football draft. If you want to do a slow draft, you could take your time. Maybe you're deciding between two players. You don't know which one you want. Look up, you know, their stats against certain teams or their opponents that they're playing against this season. Right. You look up the, the opponent's defenses. So you got your different options there, all at Underdog Fantasy. And, of course, the promo code is Pewter. And yeah. uh, Pewter Report, of course, will also be uh, drafting a team as we get closer to the season. So uh, keep on yeah. the lookout for that and see if you could beat us picking fantasy teams. Agreed. Um, I was just up in Washington, D.C. I got family in the Northern Virginia area, and they're just miffed at the commanders, man. I'm telling you. It's like really? they still use wow. the term Redskins. Oh, yeah. Like diehard Red, Redskins fans, they still call them Redskins. Like not even – like they were even saying the Washington football team was better than the commanders. It's just stupid and silly. And uh, this is funny too right now. Should be referred to as the Washington <laughs> Tupinas. 
So uh, at least with my family, I said, well, I call them the commodes and they, they thought that was good. So, so uh, maybe that name will catch on up there instead. So, the, yeah, yeah, I just want to say the Washington football team, it grew on me a little bit. Like at first when they were yeah. like Washington football team, it was kind of right. like, all right, that's silly. That's stupid. Yeah. But for whatever I reason, I, I kind of got used to it and was just fine with it. I agree with common sense. Say Red yeah. Wolves. It was, I, that thought was that, cool. I thought that one was good. I thought yeah. that could have that could have been doable for sure. Yeah. And, and the thing, too, the other one that I thought was really good was was the Warhogs. You just have like kind of a menacing you know, warthog on there, kind of like the Arkansas Razorbacks. Like, come up with like yeah. a little different design there. They already do the hog thing anyway. Yeah, right? the, the, yeah. yeah it goes back to the glory days, the, the Joe Gibbs nineteen eighties Redskins teams that that had the hogs. Right, that was their offensive line. Joe Jacoby and yeah, and 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 all of, all of the offensive linemen. Uh, so uh, the, they they could have picked better. Let's let's just say that it's yeah, it's Agreed. it's not good, not good. Um, so. And, you know, we had on on the, the cover graphic, Levante David. Now, why is that a Buck's biggest optical? Well, we, Matt and I talked about at the beginning of the show, you can't control injuries. But one of the things that, that really concerns me, Matt, is the Buccaneers are, are waiting for two players to come back. And when they come back, they got to come back and be their old selves. One of those guys is Levante David. And he's been nursing that foot injury yeah. It's like a list Frank injury that was that was kind of severe, kept him out of some games towards the end of the season. He came back for the playoffs, was not the same guy, admitted that. And and Matt, he said that the, the lack of sacks, the lack of tackles for loss, it, it really bothered him. And I think he's what, 31 now? So Around Levante, that. yeah, he's in a contract year. You know, I'm fine with Levante David doing what Rondé Barber did at the end of his career, which is sign a one-year deal, sign another one-year deal, keep playing at a good level, sign another one-year deal, right? I mean, I think that's that was one thing that Mark Dominic did that was really smart is mm-hmm. is take Rondé on a, a year-by-year basis. And I think once Rondé was like 42 or 43, he finally retired, you know, after, after playing like 30 years for the Buccaneers, yeah. et cetera. <laughs> And, and I think that's the approach the Bucks should take with Levante David. Don't do a multi-year extension after this year. If he plays well and earns it, you know, give him give him a one-year deal. I mean, listen, if it worked for Ndamukong Sue, if it worked for Rob Gronkowski, it can work for Levante David too. But Levante's got to come back. He's got to come back from that foot injury and pick off some passes, be that splashy turnover machine that he usually is because he wasn't that guy last year, right? I think, I think mm-hmm. the, the Levante – has got to come back and be Levante, and because we we saw what what it, life was like without uh, with without Levante. Period. When Devin White was was in there next to Kevin Minter, that was not a scary. I shouldn't say that was not a um, match a, made a in heaven. Sight. Yeah. It was a scary scene, right? I mean, that Jets game, the Panthers game, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Levante at his at his full strength and at his best. Levante can make up for the mistakes that other teammates around him uh, are yeah. are committing. He he can protect some of those guys. I don't think it's the other way around where Devin White can kind of play Superman, Batman, mm-hmm. whoever your favorite superhero is, and kind of take the place for uh, other miscommunications and other things that are going on. And on top of that, as you mentioned, issues with, with Kevin Minter when when he was playing, he's obviously not on the team uh, anymore for the moment. We'll see. We'll see what happens before training camp. But there's a huge question mark behind Levante David mm-hmm. and Devin White. I think we're all optimistic, as are the coaches, as is you know Devin White talking about someone like KJ Britt, and we love right. Grant Stewart on special teams. But as an inside linebacker, completely different type of a football game there. Um, it's it's on Devin White because there's yeah. a giant gap at the linebacker position after Levante and Devin yeah. White. Um, I would maybe trust uh, KJ Britt in a situation where he's playing Week 17 and the uh, you know the division's already locked up and yeah. they can't move up in seeding anymore. Right, I would yeah. like I would be interested <laughs> in seeing that, but you know, say, not against oh, the Ravens on Thursday right. night football. Oh yeah, for sure, right? Yeah, I would trust KJ Britt after KJ Britt has a really really strong preseason. Right, yeah, shows me, and <laughs> then I'll trust him. But but he's one of those guys right now that that is 
that, that you, you have to, um, you know, I, I got to see it before I believe it. Right. And yeah. so the, the other guy too, that just based upon his importance to this team that has to come back from injury and just be that guy is Chris Godwin. Right. Yes. I mean, you can't have Chris Godwin come back, even if he's cleared to play against the Cowboys on opening day or whether it's a, you know, a game or two after that, when Chris Godwin comes back, he can't just be uh, a guy that catches 60, 70 passes for 800 yards and a pair of touchdowns. He's got to be dynamic, right? And and not just because the Bucks are paying him $20 million per year now. I mean, Matt, that would be nice, right, if he, if he came back and, and really earned that paycheck, right? But the thing is, is with Tom Brady's potential last year in Tampa, they need him to be dynamic. And sometimes, and we've talked about it before in the podcast, it, it bears repeating. Sometimes when you get back from injury, you have what's called a get-back season, right? Yep. I got back, I overcame it, but sometimes it takes another year for you to get back to the level that you were at before. In other words, you, you were medically cleared to play, you went out there and did it, maybe it was a mental block, maybe it just, you, you didn't trust it. Maybe it just took a little bit more time, right? From a physical standpoint, you lost a, a, a half step, whatever. And then you kind of get that back the next year. The Bucs can't really afford to wait because Tom Brady is only signed for this year. That Super Bowl window is only open probably for this year, Matt. So Chris Godwin, it's not just about the money. He's got to come back and he's got to be Chris Godwin, that dynamic guy that is going to lead this team in targets, catches, and probably yards as well. Mike Evans will get the touchdowns, right? He's yep. a 13, 14 <laughs> He's touchdown that. guy. He's got that right. on lock, yeah. Right. But Chris Godwin's the he's the straw that stirs the drink in this offense. That's obviously a, a huge concern. And my thought process really behind that, and it kind of plays into what we were talking about before it, with the sense of that first month of the schedule is extremely tough for the seeding with the opponents. Mm. I'm looking at it more as, and this is just my opinion, we're not going to get that Chris Godwin for the first month. I'm not saying by the yeah. time October and October, November get here, yeah. we can get the Chris Godwin that we yeah. all know and love. That's why my concern specifically is um, again, not even really with Russell Gage. I know we talked a, a lot about Gage and, and uh, you know, his role in this offense, but it's really who's going to play the Russell Gage position for that first month of the season. Who's going to win that wide receiver four? who will be the wide receiver three, um, for, in my opinion, the first month of the season right. when Godwin is trying to regain his form. Because if the Bucs don't figure out that situation, and again, remember, multiple players were put in that situation, whether it was Tyler Johnson got the first crack at it and really right. didn't live up to it. I'm not 100% giving up on him, but clearly they can't get the same production that he was giving the Bucs last season. Right. Um, Rashad Perryman, again, outside of the 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 play against Buffalo didn't give the production that they need, especially on yeah. third down. That's well, really I mean, it, for the me, thing too. I mean, really look important. at the separation right here. Yeah. By Tyler Johnson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, that's as good as it gets, right? That's a tough one. And that's why I am a little bit optimistic about Jalen Darden and Cyril Grayson jr. Obviously, because Cyril Grayson obviously did do it for a very, very small sample size, but right. he was productive of course in the Panthers game and the jets game and Jalen Darden. I know people get frustrated with his, his abilities in the return game. I don't feel Darden totally got an opportunity to have the role that Tyler Johnson and, and Prashad Perryman did. He yeah. got a little bit of playing time in the Rams game. Yeah. Um, and he got garbage time snaps, you know, when they demolished the Panthers right. late in the season. So can Tyler Johnson step up? Yeah. I, I think the talent and the ability is still there. Mm -hmm. I'm not overly confident on it. I wouldn't necessarily, um, you know, give a ringing endorsement for it, but right. they're going to need someone because if they got the same production from that number three wide receiver, again, with Russell Gage being the number two for that first month and yeah. Godwin will, will be involved, but I think they'll put him a little bit on a pitch count where mm -hmm. the other receivers are going to get more playing time than they normally would. Yeah. If Godwin was fully healthy, I just really think they can't afford with the schedule that they have that first month. They cannot afford right. to have the type of play that they got from those receivers in that loss to the saints. Mm -hmm. And especially um, you know, in that game against the Rams yeah. where their season ended in the playoffs. 
I agree. And, and so really what it is, just to kind of come full circle, we talked about they got a lot of bodies at left guard, right? They got a lot of bodies at wide receiver. They essentially have 10 guys competing for three or four spots. Yes. They have 13 wide receivers in the roster. We know Evans, Godwin, Russell Gage. Those are the locks. So mm -hmm. take them out of the equation. Now you're left with 10 wide receivers vying for roster spots, four, five, six, maybe seven, depending on special teams, et cetera. So it's one of those things that that they have to guess right. They have to, you know, if if they're going to roll Tyler Johnson out there as as wide receiver four, which will default to number three if Chris Godwin doesn't go at the start of the season, or maybe that's Perriman or Darden or whoever it is, that person's got to deliver right from the get-go because Dallas Cowboys, New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers, Kansas City Chiefs, right? So you've got a lot of, of tough opponents right out of the gate and they can't sit there and like, okay, well, uh, Darden's not getting open. All right, well, yeah. come on, let's get him open. Tyler Johnson's not separating, right? So the guys that are out there, right, they got to do their job and they got to really stand and deliver right away. Otherwise, Tom Brady get, holds on to the ball. He gets sacked, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a domino effect. So I'm, I'm with you on that, Matt. Uh, I want to switch gears here uh, a little bit, talk about the, the defensive side of the ball. I think we spent a lot of time yeah. uh, on the offense. You did talk about the secondary earlier. But uh, the next point I'm going to make, it's it's a little bit twofold, where one is about Todd Bowles specifically as a defensive play caller. This doesn't mm -hmm. have too much to do with this offensive, with with his, with his head coaching ability right. or what he'll bring to the team this year. Uh, but the first guy I actually want to talk about, and I'll get to Todd Bowles in a moment, that would be Joe Tryon Shoyinka. Yeah, And this goes to what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. And I just want to say, I'm not overly concerned about JTS. This is, again, mm -hmm. worst case scenario type of thing. Uh, the Bucks are putting a lot of trust in Joe Tryon Shoenka to be that elite level pass rusher that they hope that they're getting when they when they drafted Joe Tryon Shoenka. Do I think that he can become that? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And because he's done a lot of great stuff. But what if he doesn't, you know, take that next step? What if he doesn't develop right. as quickly as we all would like him to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we saw it with uh, from a lack of production standpoint, we saw it with JPP. And I understand he was injured, but it was just like, okay, if Shaq doesn't get the quarterback, right. it doesn't feel like JPP is. And I know right. Joe Tronchanka got played in all 17 games, had a couple of starts, had those four sacks. But I, it seems, it feels like to me, if Joe Tronchanka had another four sack, season and he obviously he's going to get a lot more starts yeah i would view that as a disappointment i yeah, think Joe Ryan sure. really has to put his stamp on this defense and, right. and, and you're right you, you yeah. mentioned jpp and at times matt when he was on the field it's like the bucks defense is playing with 10 not 11 yes right? yeah and exactly. so jts is going to get singled up more than likely i, th I think they're going to play him on the left side though back yeah. uh -huh. and so i think naturally he's going to be going up against tight ends and, you know, having the back on that side, the chip is going to be against right tackles. And I think that's going to free up Shaq Barrett to be on the right side, rush, rushing the quarterback's blind side. I think that's where he had most of his 19 and a half sacks, most of his six forced fumbles in 2019, that Pro Bowl season where he led the NFL in sacks. I think that's how they're trying to set this up. Because if they don't, and they put JTS one-on-one -on -one with the left tackle, and Shaq's getting double teamed, and he's the proven guy, right? He's the proven yes. commodity getting to the quarterback. Then you're putting JTS in a one-on-one -on -one situation against the most athletic offensive lineman, and maybe he wins, but if he doesn't, then there's not exactly. much pass rush. It's going to be a lot of this is going to be on JTS winning those one-on-one -on -one battles, and I think he will do that for the majority. I'm just you know, talking about the opposite effect here or the upside down for those that are uh, fans of Stranger Things. and. The Bucs also had the luxury last year when JPP was playing injured or underperforming. Mm -hmm. They could go to Joe Tryon Shoenka and be right. like, okay, we have this backup plan. JTS, go do your thing. Yeah. Now that he is the starter, if he doesn't live up to the the hype or the capabilities that we expect of him, right. yes, there, there's Anthony Nelson, and I, he's a solid backup. I really like Anthony Nelson as a backup. Yeah. I don't love the idea of Anthony Nelson as an everyday starter for a majority of the season. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, starts here and there, sure, injuries happen. I totally get it. Yeah, That's where, like, a veteran presence, 
uh, at outside linebacker, I think would be really helpful for the Bucs. Again, that insurance insurance policy right. from JTS still needs a little bit more time to develop. But that leads me to my next point with Todd Bowles, because mm-hmm. if everything that I just talked about, if it's not working out for the Bucs, that means they're not getting to the, to the quarterback outside of Shaq Barrett, and we'll see right. how much the interior defensive line uh, it brings to the table. But that means Todd Bowles is going to dial up a lot of blitzes. And he already does. And that's sure. fine. You know, that's his calling card. That's what he does. He, I don't think he should necessarily change that. But if he has to dial up blitzes even more, one of the most frustrating things that we saw from the Bucks last year is when they're sending the blitz, it's the coverage that they played with this, you know, tissue paper soft coverage, couple yards off the line of scrimmage, let the quarterback dink and duck. And oh, get down the field. See, man, I, I thought you were talking about when Devin White uh, runs right by the quarterback. I thought that was going to be the most <laughs> disappointing thing. Well, if Devin can clean wrong. that up, then, you know, <laughs> that, that would go a long way. But yeah. I, I, a lot of times last year, we got really mad at the soft coverage that they oh, would yeah. play. Because I understand they don't want to give me completion. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. And it, it would still be for five yards. It's like, all right, well, a five-yard gain, unless it's third and ten, you know, Getting five yards on like a first down play because teams don't run the ball against the Bucs in the first place. Right. That's kind of a win for the offense. Yeah. So I, I just I'm a little concerned that the Bucs get into that pattern again. Mm-hmm. And I, I trust Todd Bowles yeah. overall, but that would be something that concerns me that would prevent the Bucs from winning a Super Bowl this for year. For sure. Speaking of concern, Lord King 83 says, who's actually concerned Dallas's defense is going to be improved from last season? Sorry, I've got some uh, landscapers here <laughs> mowing the grass opportune time during the podcast yeah. but he says Dallas defense is going to be improved from last season and week one will be tough well here's the thing remember the narrative last year Matt week one Dak Prescott coming off the you know the the, the leg injury right and then he hurts yeah. the shoulder in training camp and and the dude goes out and throws for 400 yards and just slings the ball over the place. Nobody saw that coming, right? Week yeah. one is week one. It is buckle up, hold on to something. It's a wild ride. You see upsets in week one. Uh, remember that the Saints, Saints Jamie Packers, Clinton, yeah, five touchdowns against the Packers. Packers just did not show up that game whatsoever. Uh, another one. Uh, the last time the Buccaneers beat the Saints in the regular season, Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback. He comes out and throws for 400 yards. They beat the Saints in a shootout 48-41, I think, was yeah. the score of that game. So anything goes on in week one. So I, I would I would not take any part of the Dallas Cowboys lightly just because there's a bit of, of an X factor there. And, and to be quite frank with you, the Buccaneers did have some turnovers in that game. But for week one with a brand-new Dan Quinn defense, they didn't play that bad. They were pretty opportunistic on the defensive side, causing some of those takeaways. That's what kept Dallas in the game. Even though their defense wasn't tightened up yet under Dan Quinn, that was a much better defense week one for the Cowboys under Dan Quinn than it was the previous year. You're absolutely right. And, you know, the the first week of the season is the most unpredictable, but it's also the first time, unless you want to do the preseason, the first time that you could start betting uh, on football and specifically the NFL. And if you're going to bet, over-unders or, uh, you know, money lines or anything like that, the best place to go and do that is with mybookie.ag. And I understand, you know, sports is still, NFL is still a little bit around the corner, but you still got baseball, the All-Star Games tonight. You have golf tournaments all the time. There's a big UFC fight uh, this Saturday, which is very exciting. So there's still a lot of things to go and bet on at mybookie. There's, there's parlays, there's prop bets, there's, you know, all different types of things to do. Um, some of my favorite parlays is you take the, the money line of one game, the over of another game, and uh, you know the spread of a uh, favorite another. Nice little three-team parlay, see if that hits. Also very fun to do like a 1 o'clock game, a 4 o'clock game, uh, and Sunday night football as well. But use the promo code Pewter to sign up with MyBookie, and they will match your deposit up to $1,000. They will match half that deposit. So you bet, uh, you put in $1,000, they will give you $500 free that you can go and bet on. So, Damn, man. That's pretty, pretty damn good. Put in a, you know, bet responsibly, of course, but put in yeah. a nice little parlay with that free money. And if you win more free money, if you lose, no big deal. It doesn't come out of your account because it's, a, you know, it's a bonus money right there. So use the promo code pewter and bet away with mybookie.ag. 
Speaking of bonus, uh, we got some bonus Buccaneers this week. We had Donovan Smith left tackle for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday. Tomorrow, we get another Buccaneer, cornerback D. Delaney. We had quite the offseason. We had Rashad White on. We had Cyril Grayson Will on, Will Golston. So we've got five Buccaneers on in the last two months. We'll have some more, hopefully, during training camp as well. Try to schedule some of those with the team. Um, speaking of Rashad White, we can break the news that – the training camp diaries for Peter Report are back. If you don't remember those or if you're new to Peter Report, we, we do these every single year, except for the last two years because of COVID restrictions. We couldn't get near the players to do the interviews. Everything was via Zoom. So we're back to open locker room this year. We're yes, back we to, to you know talking to the players face-to-face. -face. Uh, it, was, it was awesome having a 30-minute sit-down. Uh, with Blaine Gabbert right before the end of, of summer that uh, that pretty much made my summer. It was fantastic. Uh, great interview. I'm going to be putting that in a Fab Five in August. Really interesting guy. Uh, quite the handsome fella, too. Uh, Best-looking quarterback in the quarterback room. Sorry, Tom Brady, but uh, you're number two. <laughs> um, but but so we, we've got our, our, uh, our Bucks training camp diaries coming back this year. Already got approved by the team. We talked to the players. Rashad White will be the offensive player. And we, we always get an offensive player and a defensive player. We get a rookie and we get a veteran just to give our readers some some insight from different perspectives, from a, you know, a guy that's been around the block to a, a brand new rookie, and then one guy on defense and one guy on offense. Sometimes it's a defensive rookie and an offensive veteran. Other times, like this year, it's an offensive rookie and a defensive veteran. So Rashad White, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, We'll be doing the, the Bucks training camp diaries with us on PeterReport.com. So we'll interview him about once a week, get his perspective. He's going to be talking straight to you guys out there, you awesome Peter people. On defensive side, very interesting guy, Patrick O'Connor. Pat O'Connor, otherwise known as POC. Tupac uh, on Instagram. Tupac, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and he, he's an interesting guy because he's a great story, right? He's, he's not a lock to make the roster every year. But he's worked his way from being a practice squad guy to becoming an integral part of the Bucks special teams. Got a sack last year, mm -hmm. part of that rotation, uh, uh, coming off of a knee injury, re-signed with the team this year. So he's going to give some great perspective, not just on Logan Hall and Akeem Hicks, the new Buccaneers up front, um, but also the offensive lineman, like Luke Hideki, he's facing right in, yeah. in, in practice every day. And he'll also have that crossover uh, appeal to where – he can really talk about special teams too. That's an area this this unit, this this uh, phase of, of the Buccaneers has to improve. So Pat O'Connor and Rashad White will be our Bucks camp diary guys, and Pat's a great quote too. So um, you're going to learn a lot about these guys and about Bucks football only on PeterReport.com, and make sure that you are following along with all the action on the Peter Report podcast. We're going to throw up our schedule for. Not vomit our schedule, but I'm going to put up <laughs> our schedule so you could see it here because it's going to change. It's going to change now. We're not doing the Monday through Thursday things because pretty much when the Bucks have a practice, we're doing a podcast four times a week. But make sure you subscribe to our Peter Report TV channel on YouTube. And Matt, click the notification button. Why is that important? Because it lets you know every time that we drop some new piece of information, whether it's, um, you know, these YouTube podcasts, whether it's, uh, you know, clips talking about, you know, all the topics that we discuss on the show, whether it's press conferences and, and all the different types of videos that come out of the Advent Health Center, the uh, Bucks training facility, um, the most newsworthy type of things we yeah. will put on our YouTube channel, yeah. um, all the different clips that we have. We got some Donovan Smith clips that will be coming yeah. up um, over the next couple of days from our interview with Donovan, which was fantastic. And listen, I understand the. I love these podcasts. They're great. They go for an hour. I understand that not everyone can sit down for an entire hour and watch this show. You want to get to the specific parts. You want to get to Donovan Smith talking about that left guard competition or who yep. he's most looking forward to, you know, facing as an edge rusher, or should he be uh, in the pro bowl and all pro consideration? We'll put those videos so you can get That's straight right. and to the point. So by subscribing to Peter Report TV. It just lets you know when we put out a new video. Yeah. There's no and cost. There's no charge. Just give it your right. heads up. Yeah. It's, it's it's free to hit the subscription button. And, and then it's also free 
to hit the notification button. And folks, when you do, uh, you're going to be alerted to our ever-changing podcast schedule like we have coming up. So next Monday, we're going to have D. Delaney on tomorrow, then a Thursday podcast. That's normal. Then we kind of switch it up. First week of camp, Monday, it's going to be a, a camp preview show. Then training camp starts Wednesday, July 27th. All these shows are at 4 o'clock Eastern, so that's the good part. We're staying on schedule there. But Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday podcasts next week. The following week, the Buccaneers have Thursday off, so we will have podcasts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. So uh, just about every single practice, we're going to have a podcast thereafter. So make sure that you subscribe to Peter Report TV, hit like on all of our videos, and click notifications, and that will keep you posted on all of the Pewter Report podcasts. Yes, it will. And uh, everyone, get ready for tomorrow. Myself yep. and JC will be on speaking to Bucks cornerback D. Delaney. Yep. I Barry. feel really good about the, about the show tomorrow, Matt. I mean, I mean, yeah. this this was the best Pewter Report podcast we've done. That was the goal we set out to do. We talked about the Bucks obstacles. Uh, we nailed it. And thanks to you, Peter, people for tuning in and your great comments and questions. We, we nailed it. But, but I, I got a feeling tomorrow, this D. Delaney interview, probably going to be the best Peter Report podcast we've done. It, without question, will be. It's always awesome when we get a player on. It makes for all the ingredients, the perfect recipe to have the greatest episode of all time. So for Scott Reynolds... I'm Matt Matera saying thank you everyone for watching and listening. And we will see you tomorrow with Dee Delaney for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.